Okay, so before we get to the episode, I wanted to let you guys know about a show that I'm putting up on Friday, March 24th, 2017 at 11.30pm called The Great 38. It will be an explosive evening of stand-up and sketches featuring some of the best comedians in the city, and it's all going down at the legendary Magnet Theater in New York. Once again, that is The Great 38 on Friday, March 24th at 11.30pm at the Magnet Theater. For reservations and information, you can check out magnettheater.com or go to jarrettberenstein.com and click on the calendar, and that is all I'm going to say about that. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of my radio show Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. If this is your first episode of Famous Dead People, thank you so much for uh, checking us out. I certainly hope that you like it and that you find it hilarious and informative. Uh, You might notice that it sounds like a radio show at times, and that's because it is a radio show. It originally airs on Radio Free Brooklyn, so when you hear me say radio things, that's the reason why that's happening. You are about to hear the episode where I interview J.D. Salinger, played by comedian Sean Wickens, and Harriet Tubman, played by comedian Shakotha Fields. If you like the show and you want to shoot us an email or you want to hear an interview with your favorite Famous Dead People, hit us up at FamousDeadPeopleShow at gmail.com. We love hearing from fans and we'll try to get your favorite dead person on the show as soon as possible. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate us five stars on iTunes, tell your friends about us, laugh out loud on the on the train and then when people say, what are you laughing at? You say, oh, it's Famous Dead People, this dope-ass podcast. That shit helps us out a ton. But for now, enjoy Deji Salinger and Harriet Tubman only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Famous Story stuck in the head. Famous My guests today on Famous Dead People are seminal American writer and author of The Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger, and abolitionist and underground railroad conductor, Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman, J.D. Salinger, thank you so much for coming to Famous Dead People. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to start out with Mr. Salinger. Um, You wrote what many people consider to be the quintessential American novel, you know, was that your goal going into this? Like, as you're going to, as you're writing, we're like, I'm going to write the great American novel. I'm going to write the thing that every high school kid's going to have to read growing up, that sort of thing. Um, absolutely not. Okay. So what was your motivation? Well, I just wanted to write a book. To be honest, when that thing took off, it was a little bit of a, a buzzkill. So you would prefer it to have like gone under the radar, that sort of thing. I feel like most writers want to do some sort of just, like, put out a book that a few people read and then, like, hey, now I'll write the next one. Okay. And, uh, man, when that thing took off, everyone was, like, hung- too hungry for the next one. Mm, you know what I mean? And it yeah. really sort of it's, – it's tough to follow up that expectation, you know? I see. I mean, I'm sure that Harry Tubman, you probably had a similar thing happen. Like, you know, you be, you, you, you get this acclaim – for, you know, like, freeing slaves and going on these daring runs to free your fellow slaves? Like, is there ever pressure to, like, you know, do something more incredible the next time that you're that you're doing a run on the Underground Railroad? Well, um, I feel like... It's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what keeps me going. Mm, what, that pressure? That pressure, that adrenaline rush, that mm-hmm. that hunger, like, 
to do something that I can't do or I shouldn't be doing. Like, ooh, interesting. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that that's what keeps the fire under me. I see. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about is that you're not only you know notable for having escaped slavery and having these sort of like daring daring feats in the Underground Railroad, but you you know you kept fighting to free other slaves even after i mean you could have freed yourself and then just like gone and had a regular life somewhere mm-hmm. you know was it like like were you addicted to the adrenaline rush of being in these dangerous situations yes. or yeah i am a adrenaline junkie oh really like i love being afraid okay almost dying mm-hmm. except like i like it on my terms like being a slave mm-hmm. like okay the slave master is he's going to shoot me like not like that mm-hmm. but in a way of like I'm going to stick it to this person <laughs> or I'm going to like jump off of something crazy like mm-hmm. in that way. Now, so, so horror films are a thing for you. Oh, like. yeah. I guess you like scary movies then like because the adrenaline rush also. Okay. That's funny. I'll bring that up because mm-hmm. that is the one exception. Oh, so. Uh, because watching something and. It's not real enough. It's, it's I, I just want to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just give me the punchline already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Sure. like I, let's just do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of but like, if I'm in it, yeah, that's how I like it. So how about how about this? Just for I don't know argument's sake. So you're not into horror films, but what if you were in a movie theater watching like a romantic comedy, and then but before the movie started, an usher came in and was like, "There's a a murderer in this theater." And then the lights went down. Oh, so you're like now you're in it. I'm in it. Right. Now, I've, I'm all for that. You, right. You're excited about that. So I'm like, excited for that. Harry Tubman's more into like an immersive, exciting experience as opposed to like watching something exciting. Exactly. Now, see, that's that, I'm a little curious about that though because you know you spent so much of your life fighting, you know, for abolition of slavery. You know, like you wanted you 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 believed that you know every slave in America should be should be a free person. And yet it seems like your motivation isn't freedom or anything. It just seems like it's a rush. Like you would have been fine just like base jumping or, you know, bungee jumping or something like that. Well, I mean, of course I did. Or, but... running, or running from cows or something. Running from cows? So that's like I'm trying to come up with something that was a, a thrilling thing from around your – when you were alive. From around your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a little short-sighted. You know, there's probably yeah, other yeah. exciting things that could have happened sure. in, uh, you know, in the late 1800s. Yeah. I guess riding a, a horse off of a bridge. Yeah, yeah, there you something go. Something like that. Yeah, maybe with a rope tied around your waist right. so that, you know, you uh, you don't die, but maybe the yeah. horse plummets. A hemp rope. A hemp rope, right. if you will. Well, look, I don't want you to paint me as some type of animal that just saves people because I was getting off on my own adventure yeah exactly you know what i mean like so that's i not cared for those people yeah obviously mm. i mean you would not have taken these 13 daring trips on the underground railroad if you didn't have some heart invested in it i'm assuming right exactly yeah. okay um now one of the things that you're famous for is that you never left anybody behind that you went for uh, I think the, what they said was that you never lost a passenger. I like how on the Underground Railroad, there's like they they really keep with the imagery of it being a railroad. Like you're right. not because you know we do, we really was not under a train like right, right. But as a child, that's what I thought. Like I thought that right. that's what the Underground Railroad was. You yes, know? That, that's what Porsche thinks. Would have been also um, would have been maybe more convenient and easier. A hundred percent. It would have been more convenient. Uh, thousands of miles of 
but it railroad would have been track. loud and we probably would have. That's true. Yeah. Probably would have gotten caught. That's yeah, true. that's true. Well, I'm thinking just like, you know, you could have sat down. Maybe there could have been like a dining car or something. You know, it would have been a more comfortable experience. Right. That's However, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, inefficient you know, it would have been to have created it, you know, and True. precarious for the people that were trying to True. escape, you know, covertly. Um, but yeah, so like, how did you, how did you manage that incredible record? You never lost a single person that you were shuttling through, you know, this underground railroad, this figurative underground railroad. Uh, like, like, how did that, how, how did you manage that? That seems so treacherous. Well, I mean, we, first of all, I couldn't risk it. Well, head, head counts first. Probably. Oh, but, buddy system, maybe yeah. also. Yeah. Well, I, I I I knew, you know, who I got, how many, mm-hmm. yeah. and everything. Um, but I couldn't risk not getting everybody back. Okay. Because if I didn't, that could be like a someone to like tip off what Ooh, I had going on. Maybe that person would be like a snitch then. Yeah. Oh. So all right. so if someone like halfway or you know decided, hey, I want to turn back. Mm-hmm. Would have to tell them I'm gonna have oh, to kill no, you. Oh no, no turning back. Ooh, did you, did you murder people that you were trying to shuttle out of slavery? Mm-hmm. So we just know <laughs> that I got everybody. I got everybody back. You got everybody back. Okay, yeah. that extreme is, situations call for extreme. That you know, I mean, is I'm doing ominous. something yeah. endangering not only my life right. but the life of the other people that I had with me. Yeah. So if one person wanted to act up. I had to act accordingly. Of course. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, were there any close calls? Like, oh, my God, we almost got caught, and then, you know, like, so we, we got away somehow. Like, you know, can you, can you remember, you know, from all the different uh, times that you were shuttling people through the Underground Railroad, like, oh, my God, this is so scary and sense, and then you, and everything works out okay? I feel like that um, I probably had a lot of those close calls. Okay. But I didn't know about them because... I did I did what I was supposed to do mm-hmm. and God took care of the rest. Oh, okay. So whenever it was like a slave man peeking out and maybe seeing us, mm-hmm. maybe like a bird flew in their view and they didn't see us. Like okay. God and took care of it oh, okay. for me. Mm, yeah, I mean that's a very uh positive way of thinking about it, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. And also very humble, like you're not taking credit for these incredible feats of daring do that yeah. you're you know. I don't want to make you know, uh, you know, uh, delegitimize that they weren't just these great feats. Like you were doing something really important, obviously. Uh, now going back to Mr. Salinger, um, you know, you have you have this incredible book, uh, The Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, let's get Is back it? to a book after that. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Well, just no, because no, you didn't being honest, you just because you didn't free hundreds of slaves, right. you know, doesn't mean that what you didn't do, what you did, wasn't important, right. J.D. Salinger. I'm sure Your I would. Work is important too, and you well, know what? You. I'm going to make a point to look into this book. Oh, so you haven't read for it, The Catcher yeah. in the Rye yet, no. Harriet Tubman. You know what? I'll even say, and this is, some people might be shocked by this, I'll pick up the cliff notes even. Really? If, sure. I mean. You you don't care about your own novel that much that you're just like, <laughs> just, yeah, get to read the cliff notes. You, you know? know, well, the cliff notes is like, you know, it's inspired by the book. I mm-hmm. feel like it's it's close enough, you know? Really? Somebody doesn't have time to read the whole book. Yeah. You, don't think the cliff notes. you don't think there's a value in reading your book cover to cover? I'm not going to say don't, but I'm also, if somebody's on the fence, mm-hmm. just pick up the cliff notes. Well, you know what I do hmm. these days is audiobooks. The uh, Ooh, audiobook, yeah. sure. So, yeah, it's fine. Now, I don't know if you're aware, Mr. Salinger, of who has read uh, The Catcher in the Rye for the audiobook, but do you have, like, are there any voices that you think, like, oh, my God, that'd be great for The Catcher in the Rye? Jeez. 
Um, and that, that can go to you, Harry Tubman. Like, who would you like to hear do read this book to you? you Who's know? that uh, wrestler that goes woo? What's his name? <laughs> I want somebody Aren't exciting. there a lot of wrestlers that go woo? Yeah, but the the, the older guy. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Like a Hulk Hogan type? or uh, Not Hulk Hogan. Mm. I forget his like name. Like a Macho Man Randy Savage? Yeah, he would be fine. Yeah. Okay, interesting choice. Somebody exciting. I, I kind of, I think it's important to mix it up a little bit sometimes. All right. Okay, before I, before I answer this question. All right. Could you give me like a, a a sentence, maybe a two sentence of what the book is about? Ooh, yeah. Like what's what's your uh, what's, what's your, your one spiel? sheet yeah. about the catcher on the ride? Uh, you got to sell this book to somebody. Sure. You know, I'll be honest. I've not read it since since you wrote since it. Since I wrote it. Okay. Um, but it's about uh, it's about um, teen sort of angst. It's about a kid who mm. gets like kicked out of school, and he he goes back to Manhattan and he walks around the city. We've all felt that way. Yeah, definitely. Out Absolutely. of place or anything. So it's sort of it's about it's there's no exciting way to really <laughs> talk about this book. Mm. I disagree, JD yeah. Salinger. I think it's, you know, it's it's, it's a seminal a work of American fiction. Right. I really think you're downplaying how great this novel is. I've read it twice. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. You know, it's almost cliche. It's such a good book. It's almost cliché to like it. You know, does this sound like something you'd like to read, Harry Tubman? You know what? Well, you're a, you're, I mean, you're a thrill seeker, so it's hard, <laughs> I think, to sell this book to you. But yes. if Samuel L. Jackson was, read it, Ooh. if he was the uh, audio man, sure. mm-hmm. I'd be all over I it. I think he could do voice. a really great job, yeah. yeah. But so so the, the story revolves around your main character, Holden Caulfield. Yes. All right, and he is one of the most famous uh, protagonists in literature, you know, because of how popular this this book True, is. Yeah. Um, where did the inspiration for that character come from? Was there somebody in your life who was your Holden Caulfield? Well, this it's going to be a little bit of a anticlimactic story, but uh, I, you know, I grew up in Manhattan, and I was just walking around Central Park one day, and some kid came up to me and asked me for change, mm-hmm. and he was wearing two different shoes. Like two, like two different, like shoe, yeah. So his, pretty, so his shoes didn't match, right? All right. So we stuck out. I gave him some change. He walked away, and I was like, "Geez, what's up with that guy?" <laughs> so I wrote a story. I mean, you can't really choose what inspires you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's yeah. I, I think other creative people will hear that and, and think that it makes sense to them. Oh, but, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if, you know, Truman Capote had seen that kid, he would have come up with a completely different character. Probably, yeah. yeah. Have you, I mean, like, you're so famous for um, fighting for, you know, freedom and, you know, women's suffrage later on in your life. Uh, did you ever have any creative pursuits? You know, like, was there ever a moment where you're like, you know, oh, I need to go do another run, you know, down to the south and grab some more slaves, but, you know, I kind of want to work on my screenplay for a little bit or my novel for a little bit. Yeah, what's a down day for you? Like? Yeah, like, what's a, what, what, what did you do for fun, Harry Tubman? Well, the thing that I enjoy the most mm-hmm. is, like, sitting on the porch in my rocking chair. Mm, oh, yeah, that sounds really nice. looking at the world. Yeah, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and no, like... Yarn, making stuff out of yarn, knitting or anything? No, or? I, like you, I use my imagination. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I have these visions and oh, yeah. God talks to me. It's a lot going on in my brain. I most did of the time. read that on your Wikipedia that you had a head injury early in your life when yeah. one of your previous 
uh, slave owners was trying to throw something at a different slave and actually hit you in the head. Uh, yeah. And then wrong you started. Place at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. If you, so like, yeah, you would have like these dizzy spells and you would, you know, communicate with God. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so that's what you would do during your off time is you yeah, just sit just, on the porch just, and. Just sit there and trip, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just soak in those visions. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are abolitionist Harriet Tubman and the author of Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger. Uh, so going back to you, uh, Harriet Tubman, uh, you know, you have your, you know, you, you, you've used the Underground Railroad so many times, you know, mm-hmm. you've gone back and forth on this. But I want to talk about uh, your first escape for a moment, you know, because okay. that's got to be the most you know, uh, exciting and exhilarating one, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't know where you're going exactly. You don't know how you're going to escape, you know. And you, and you probably had no clue you were going to do it again. Mm-hmm. In that, so so in many that, times. In that moment. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I read that, you know, your, your, your slave owner at the time, he was trying to sell you and you were mad about it. And so you started to pray that he would change his ways and free his slaves. That's correct, right? Yes. Okay. And so like you... You thought that there was like some good in this man? Is that what you were trying to 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 get at with these prayers? Well, I believe there's good in everybody. Mm. And these white people are confused. They were mm. you know, they were like they thought that it was okay to do this. Yeah. And they really believed that. Yeah. You know? But I know, obviously from being on the other side of the fence. Mm. But this isn't cool. Yes, I think that's a uh, that is a massive understatement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I, not cool, says Harriet Tubman. Not <laughs> slavery. Cool. Not yeah. cool, Harriet Tubman. And I was I was just just hoping that they would would understand it, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have to have to do this, yeah. you know. Yeah. But after praying and praying and praying and know that I still believe in my God mm-hmm. and that he will fix it, yes. you know? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about next, is that according to your biography, you then switched from praying for him to change to praying for him to die. Wow. And then he died, and then you felt really bad about that, I'm assuming, I'm guessing. Mm, you know, sometimes it goes back and forth. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd feel pretty mixed as well if yeah. I prayed for someone to die and then they died. Yeah, I mean, because you feel Because like, at one point you wanted it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's right. like, yeah. oh, no, this person died. But then also, you know, the things that this person done to me, you yeah. know, you have yeah. conflicted. And they're in a better place. Mm-hmm. Potentially. They're, they're in a better... Potentially, true. Possibly. Yeah. You know, did you ever, like, rein in what you would pray for because of some... Because you had this moment where... One of your insane prayers came true. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't pray for that because it'll definitely come true. Listen, if I pray it, it will happen. Really? So when they say, be careful what you ask for, Mm -hmm. that's the true thing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. Be careful because it can come true. Just like that. So would you pray before every run, like, I hope I don't lose any people, you know, I hope that we make it, they're okay, that sort of thing? Oh, yeah. I'll, always. Oh, okay. During the run, before, after, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did, but you, I did want... you keep in touch with uh, people? Or once, they, once they're up north, it's sort oh, of like... Oh, no. Look, you're free. Go live your life. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You didn't want any connection with those people. Is that, that That's the vibe I'm getting. I've right done now. my part. You did your part. Yeah. What if somebody? What if somebody that you freed, and I'm assuming this happened at some point, was like so enamored with you? You you rescued them. You're their savior. Mm-hmm. Do they ever try to like maintain a relationship with you? Like, oh, sounds like a drag. Yeah. Let's hang out. You know, like, oh my god, I owe my life to you. Like, come over for brunch. You know, let's let me cook for you. Let me feed you. That sort of thing. 
you know what? That really didn't happen. They had yeah. a lot going on. A birthday card would be nice, but that's yeah. that's no. other than that. Do too you feel much. underappreciated, Harriet Tubman? Like from the slaves that you freed? No, I don't. No. Okay. Maybe I, they, you 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 think they were maybe respecting your privacy? Yes. Oh, that's nice because, of them. Look, I've made it clear. Mm-hmm. I'm helping you do this thing. We're out. When we get to where we are, go live your life. That's good. I think it's important to set boundaries, right? No looking back. Yes. Yes. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This must be something that resonates with you, uh, J.D. Salinger, just putting up boundaries and letting people know like what's inappropriate. You know, you were so reclusive later on in your life. Absolutely. I'm getting at. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What was wrong? What was wrong with you? Like, why? <laughs> no, that's a fair question. Uh, you know, I, I just wanted to write mm-hmm. for you know that's what I wanted to do for my life, and when people start to get so excited about this one thing you did mm-hmm. right. it's just sort of like oh, leave me alone i'm just i'm just i'm trying to buy groceries i can identify mm-hmm. with yeah yeah see i feel like maybe yeah. uh if you had been able to like harry tubman did establish some boundaries early on like if you had said here's my novel like but if, like, like if i had a preface in the book that yeah, was like, like don't fucking bother me or something. once you read this like let's you know put the book down that's right and let it be. That's right. Our relationship you. is yeah. over. That's yeah. right. After this. I don't need to hear mm-hmm. that you loved it or that you identify with the mm-hmm. main right. character. Yeah. You know? That must have been... A, I mean, was it... Was I'm sure there were a myriad of reasons why you decided to sort of like leave society and, you know, recluse yourself. Um, was there anything specific like annoying fans or paparazzi or interviews? Like what was the thing that maybe the straw that broke the camel's back, you know? If you had to put your finger on one reason why you wanted to to peace out of society. Well, you know what it was? It was actually – so I wrote this book and people took to it and liked it but then mm. we're talking would, about the catcher of the rye obviously yes. yes but then people would come up to me and be like well, you know what you should write about hmm. they and they would always like pitch me these stories people would pitch you that that novels to write that's right wow and it's just like i just wrote something and i i'll i i don't need any ideas to you mm-hmm. know what i mean like so did you have other books before that that like Flopped or no? That was his first novel, Catcher in the Rye. <gasps> well, I'm, I mean, that's according to Wikipedia. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you had, you know, I had other started. You had I had started some things and didn't finish. But no, Catcher mm-hmm. in the Rye was the first thing that. So I... So was it your first and last? No, I did some stuff afterwards, and, mm-hmm. yeah. but never Catcher on the Rye standard. Well, I would. I don't know if I would say that, but uh... well, some people, you know, like nothing. Nothing really hit. America the way that mm. Catcher in the Rye did. Oh, but I fans d- of J.D. Salinger will say that, like, you know, oh, Franny and Zoe is better, or Nine Stories is better, that sort of thing. I didn't mean to offend you. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm not, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you mm-hmm. ever, because, you know, we were talking about, you know, setting up boundaries and, you know, people pitching you stories and everything. Did right. Harry Tubman, did anybody, you know, ever try to take the reins? Did you ever have any backseat drivers on the Underground Railroad? Yeah, like, like hey, let's go this way. Yeah, exactly. Any of that? Yeah. Again? I had a very, I had a system. Okay. And I had people helping me, even some white people. Mm. Oh, that's cool. You know, helping me do this and that. And, you know, this is where, this is your post. And everyone, for the most part, knew um, that it was very important that. My way or the highway. They had to do what I said. Yeah. Because I am the one driving this train. Right. Yes. You're the conductor. And I'm very good at. Setting boundaries, like yes. you said. Mm-hmm. So everyone, when I told them, when I spoke, 
They listen, and they oh, did wow. what I told them to do. Well, you do have a presence. You do have a gravitas that, I mean, it's oh, impossible yeah. to ignore being here in the studio with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can imagine that, you know, like you get this, you know, this this group of slaves, and you're, you're telling them the rules of what's going to happen, and they just probably snap into attention, right? Yeah. And, and you have to realize, if we are a group of people doing this thing together, mm-hmm. and you're the idiot that acts up and does something that get all of us caught or killed. Yeah. You're a major douchebag. You know what I mean? And yeah. You have to live with that for true. the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I broke it down like that. Okay. Like, don't don't be the one. How would you start? I'm curious. Like, would you... So it's like, you know, you're in the North, you're free, and you're like, I'm going to make a run back down to the South to free some more slaves. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your first step? Would you, like, would you, would you uh, dress up as though you were still a slave and, like, and put yourself in the plantation or something like that? Like, what was your, what was your methodology right at the top? Well, you know what? It was a lot of planning. It just mm-hmm. wasn't like, I'm going to go do this thing. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I had to do some, sure. some planning, mm-hmm. you know, um, to get the word all the way down. For the people that were going to help me, mm-hmm. um, and it was a lot involved with getting the the notes down there. The notes, so like pa- pass it on, like you know what I mean. Like you would Every write time down, coming, pass it on letters. Well, people. you know, you know, we would use uh, things like quilts and things. Oh, okay. To you know, um, make 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 out the the trail or mm-hmm. like um, through songs and. Oh, Negro spirituals, mm-hmm. like it's uh, it's stuff for us yeah. that y'all don't know about. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that had to be sung mm-hmm. and you know paths that had to be made in these quilts. So it, it was a lot of it was a lot of pre planning. I read that you, one of the things you used to do was you would sing a song and you would change the tempo based on whether or not it was safe or not. Correct. You know, okay, so would you mind giving us a little taste? So, like, would you just sing a little bit for us, um, uh, just any song you want. Okay. But the the tempo is It's Safe. What's an an It's Safe tempo? Okay. So this is Harriet Harriet Tubman singing. I'm going to use a, a, I'm not going to use the song that we sang. Okay. Because y'all don't need to know all that. Especially. That's fair. You can have that. I use a song that maybe more people can identify with. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the safe tempo from Harriet Tubman. Okay. If he like it, then he should have put a ring on it. If he like it, then he should have put a ring on it. Mm, okay. So then, say, for instance, out the corner of my eye, I spot something. Okay. So I now. Go, if he like it, he should have put a ring on it. <laughs> if he like it. Mm-hmm. He should have put a ring on it. So that means danger. danger. That means, oh, it's not safe anymore. Correct. Oh, okay. That's interesting. It's almost like it wasn't a tempo. It was like a. It was like you would you would make it a regular tempo, yes. you know, like uh, like one version is like you know we can dance to this, we know where it's coming. Right. But so it's, it's sort of just like uh, sing the song normal, you're safe, and sing the song not normal, and something's <laughs> wrong. That's a pretty but good system. Smart, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good system. And I mean, I think that uh, yeah, most people know when songs don't sound normal the way that they're supposed to sound. Right. Yeah. It also it was actually kind of evocative, like the way you yeah. were singing. It sounded scary to me. Yes. Like it's, it's funny we were talking about horror movies. Like I felt a little bit oh, like, yeah. you know how in a horror movie when they'll have like a child singing, a, a, like you know, uh, a children's carol, like really slowly, and it makes it creepy. Yeah, like you doing single ladies like that, like made me scared a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and that and that awareness. It had 
it had to be. I found myself like looking that. over my shoulder. Yeah. yeah, and it had to be like that, so people would be like, "Oh, this is abnormal." Oh, yeah. So, you know, it goes through your body. So it's that very sad because because um, I'm I just pulled them out of this plantation and they're not thinking straight. Like I'm mm. the one that has done this and I'm the brave one, um, not the two mountain horn, but I'm, yeah. I'm trying to just say like I've done this. Yeah, they're super scared. Mm-hmm. So it had to be something super easy that I could explain to them mm-hmm. that they could get and understand. Did you ever, when you were singing the the version of the song that was safe, did you ever like get really into it, you know, and were like, you know, uh, you know, like like just just having fun with it because you're like it's safe and I'm singing a song and singing songs is great, you know, right? Um, yeah. Did you, you ever have fun out there? <laughs> was that the question? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was like, maybe we'll ever accidentally have a good time. Oh, you, know? and, you mean and like and like throw people off because I'm singing differently? And no, like, no, just like you know, like you got kind of get lost in the moment. You know, like oh, you're singing a course. song that you all love. The and time. Really? All the time. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 I feel like I I would catch the Holy Ghost sometimes. Oh, really? Okay. While I was singing these, mm-hmm. these spirituals, mm-hmm. and it would. You, you you know how like sometimes you're driving and you wake up and you're at your destination. Mm, yeah. That's how like a couple of those runs went. Oh wow! Is this a little bit like what trance. it was like to write for you, JD Salinger? Like, would you ever lose yourself in the process, or was writing for you like a little bit more of a mechanical process? Um. Yeah. It's. I don't mean to make it sound easy, but Ooh, it's that just, creaking door is like a little horror movie right. reminder that we had. Yeah. Like it thing you should have put up. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's watching. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's like, I'll be honest, I didn't really re- re- edit the Catcher in the Rye at all. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't go back much and change stuff. It just sort of like, it's kind of, this zone. is, it flew out of what, you. Yeah. Hmm, this is how it's going, yeah. How long did it take you to write Catcher in the Rye? About a week. Really? Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just kind of toss it out there. I, I I try to stay disciplined. If I sit down at the typewriter, I, I don't get up until mm-hmm. I've... Uh, well, I guess until I've run out of ideas and then, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, I put in about six, seven hours of work. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. You got to have a good work ethic. That's what I'm that's learning right. from both of you today here yeah. on Famous Dead People. Um, now, uh, we got to take a short break, uh, but we'll be right back with J.D. Salinger and Harriet Tubman on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Oh, famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Famous. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this show. Uh, If you're so inclined, rate us five stars, leave a comment. You could tell us how much you love us or hate us. I love constructive criticism. Uh, That stuff helps us out a ton. Tell your friends about us. Get your friends to listen to Famous Dead People. I would really appreciate that. And uh, hit us up at FamousDeadPeopleShow at gmail.com if you want to shout some criticism into my electronic face or if you want to hear a specific Famous Dead person on this show. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear that you're listening. I want some feedback, damn it. Uh, So yeah, lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money to help keep us on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash FamousDeadPeople and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are Underground Railroad pioneer Harriet Tubman and iconic 
author J.D. Salinger. And uh, they've been all easy questions, I would say, so far. What, for the two of you? Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean... A lot of uh, underhand... I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to stump you. This isn't gotcha journalism, you know? Although I did... We'll talk about Susan B. Anthony a little bit when I had Susan B. Anthony on the show. Uh Uh-oh, hot button. Yeah, she she had a couple of things in her past that I kind of brought up and, you know, took her to task for. You know, well, she was more... You know, I don't, I don't want to get too off track here, but she was so heavily invested in getting the women the right to vote that she was actually against the amendment to get African Americans the right to vote because she thought if all men got the right to vote before women, then they would form a cabal and they would all just like work on, you know, keeping women down, you know, for the rest of time, you know. And she, she said on the show that she regretted that, but, you know, you know, I don't, I don't only might, do softballs might, here. She guys. might have been right. Who knows? I mean,. <laughs> Men can be pretty rough. <laughs> not to uh, not to change gears too hard, but um, you know, a fun little bit of trivia that I found about, about you, Mister Salinger. Oh. You know, and I'm sure you'll be uh, thankful to hear a question that does nothing to do with catching the rye. Here's your hardball uh, right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's your hardball. Uh, that you dated Eugene O'Neill's daughter Una O'Neill for a little while. Is that it, correct? It's true. But yeah, this is yeah. before you were even successful. You know. Yeah, I run with uh, pretty. Uh, Exciting crowd, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Well, I what what I found incredible about that was that she eventually, you know, you guys broke up. True. And the next person she dated was Mutual. Charlie Chaplin. Right. That blows my mind. He was the most famous person in the country at the time. It's hard to compete yeah. against uh, the tramp. But then, but right. here's the thing: if I lost a girlfriend to Brad Pitt or George Clooney or something, sure, I wouldn't be upset about that. I would be like, that's how dope I am. That yeah. she dated me first, and the only man that could compete was this guy over here. I guess that's a good way to look at it. But mm-hmm. it's also, you know, when it happens, you kind of think, like, well, him or any number of other guys probably mm. could have, you know, could have been next. What are you talking about? It seems self-deprecating Are you, are you, are you calling her a hoe? Ooh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not, no. No. Oh. Um, yeah, what are you getting at there? <laughs> Um, I guess, you know, it's just sort of like, okay, yeah, she, now she's dating, dating Charlie Chaplin. She could have been dating, uh, I don't know, who else was around then? Uh, Joe DiMaggio. Or William Randolph Hearst. Or, or, yeah, right. <laughs> it could have been anybody. All right. Um, yeah. But it wasn't just anybody. It was the most famous person in the world. Right, right. That must have been... I didn't get much from it. And it, it really? I guess if it was some sort of like, hey, I know we dated. Mm-hmm. Now I'm dating Charlie Chaplin. Do you want to go on vacation with us or something. Yeah. Like, there was no... Or let's go, go to this party. hmm There was no real benefit. Yeah, it was... A, you know, people would come up to me, oh, I hear she's dating Charlie Chaplin now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. It's... So, what, what do you want me to say? So it's after, true. You heard correct. So after she started dating him... Yes. You wrote your book, and then you blew up. True, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So did she try to, like, back step back to you... After you got Ooh, famous? good question. Yeah. We, we, we kept in touch, but uh, I'm not an easy person to get along with. So it. Uh, I don't know. You seem like you're pretty gregarious. Yeah, you seem pretty yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. I've softened over the years, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I will say you do sort of lean towards like a little bit, I don't know, self deprecation. You know, it really seems like you're trying to underplay your own legacy here. But you've written, you led a pretty incredible life, and I think it's okay to own that a little That's, bit. Well, yeah. Salinger? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, but uh, I think if you ask anybody who's done something great, mm-hmm. they'll uh, at some level be like, oh, yeah, huh. 
It happened. I mm. guess you're sort kind of surprised for Not it. me. What Why? I did was the shit. Well, you're, you're different. Look, different I saved lives. I freed right. people. I helped out a lot of, of people. Of course. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still give the honor to God mm-hmm. for helping me do that. Yeah. But hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean. Hello. Of, yes. It was <laughs> hello. great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Don't get it twisted. Now, uh, going back to uh, Harriet Tubman, um, so, you know, you you freed all these uh, these slaves, you know, you do all these runs in the Underground Railroad, and then the Civil War happens. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, you're going to fight for the North, you know, but what I find incredible is, first of all, that, uh, you know, your, I guess, reputation had become so, so, uh, you know, well known that you you have the ability to fight for the Union Army. Like, right. as a woman and as an African-American, it, it would have been difficult, I'm imagining, to be able to be part of the Union forces. But you were able to. Isn't that correct? Oh, they were always asking me questions. Really? Oh, of course. <laughs> like Getting you things in, like, the mess, mess tent, probably. What do you mean, like, asking you, like, you like, where seconds? things were or? Look. A lot, a lot of things. I don't, I don't know how in depth you want me to go because go you know, in this depth. Is, Let's get in depth. Sure. Yeah, we got plenty of time. They would ask me how to fight this war. Really? Because they, they. Knew You've what, seen more than they have. Yeah, That's, yeah. Like makes sense. I was schooling the captains in the war. Really? I was helping them figure things out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you probably had a great knowledge of the terrain and right. where everything was from all your I had various the, I trips had and everything. The hookup with different people. Oh, like like a like a uh, underground like network. Like, yeah, of... just the network that I had built up over the years mm-hmm. of working with people um, that had uh, access to resources. Mm-hmm. You know, um, secrets. Okay. I was a, a very vital key yes. into this to this war. Well, yeah, that's you know, you that's know, in... and and they they really they really looked up to me mm-hmm. and asked me a lot a lot of information. Well, I understand that you also were a spy. Like, Correct. so w- what would you, what was your what was your method? Would you dress up like well, a slave and like like try to hear s- secrets from generals or stuff like that, or like what would you do? Well, when you say dress up like a slave, mm-hmm. um, I mean I just wore my my clothes. Okay, you know. Um, no disguises of any kind. No, no, no. All right. no dressing up like a bush, of course, and then not. sneaking up behind some Confederate soldiers. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I always did me. So, how did you get the information then? Well, I mean, I had other people do that that were still slaves mm-hmm. or that were free, and you know, were talking to people about different things. All right. So I was kind of like the. I wasn't necessarily the spy spy. I was like over the spies. Ooh, the ha- you were the handler. Yes. Ooh, you were like the spy queen. Right. Ooh, interesting. I'm navigating, mm-hmm. telling this person to talk to this person, get this information from that person. Were you done in the field at that point in your career? You're like, I'm not. I've already, I've, I've, I've conducted on the Underground Railroad. I've freed 13 families of slaves. I don't need to be in the field anymore. I'll just, you know, stand back and uh, and be a general at this point in my life. Yeah, yeah. I was a boss at that point. Oh, okay, cool. So, uh. You know, uh, you know, uh, JD Salinger. You yes. also had experience in the war. You know, before you know your your breakout novel. It's you true. know, you get drafted, and I actually read that you know you'd been submitting stories to the New Yorker, and you actually got one submitted, but because it was about 
a a boy who's about to go to war being you know like being nervous yeah and then pearl harbor happens and right. the new yorker's like well, we can't publish this now because people will think it's like propaganda or That's something right that must have been a huge blow you know, like you it's know, the first thing that you're going to get published in the New Yorker, right? You and all of a sudden, it gets rescinded. You can't, uh, you know, when war is happening, you can't sort of like, oh, my short story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, because you were in another war. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. so, um, but I, that was very autobiographical. You know, I mm-hmm. thought about what I would feel mm-hmm. having to fight. Yeah, it's not fun. I don't know. Well, I read that. I felt some nerves. You the know? character in that story was named Holden Caulfield. Also, also, I read. Yeah, you read. Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so was, I latched onto that name, and I was like, oh, "Got to write something about this guy eventually." How this many Holden things? Caulfield. How many things did you write with where the main character's name was that? Well, you know, I have a bunch of unpublished stuff. Mm-hmm. I've probably got, I don't know, ten Holden Caulfield uh, uh, novels. Really. Just you know, sitting in a box. Are they sequels to The Catcher in the Rye, or were they just you know? Uh, They're all sort of like alternate universe, like different people named Holden Caulfield. Oh, okay. Would you mind walking us through a couple? Like you know, you've got uh, yeah, we have Holden Caulfield, yes, from The Catcher in the Rye, mm-hmm. who is a schoolboy who gets expelled and has a night on the town in New York City. That's right. And sort of like you know comes to comes to grip with his own reality. Yeah, you know. And then what are some other Holden Caulfields that you wrote? I have a book about uh, Holden Caulfield, the school principal. Okay. And um, it sort of follows him around his day at school. And um, uh, the, a kid has gone missing from a field trip. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't uh, want anybody to know about it yet. So it's he's sort of like trying to f- keep the, the school calm, you know, and like, so, uh, oh, no, we're not missing a kid. And then it's sort of like his adventures going out to the zoo looking for this child. Oh, okay, interesting. And then he finds him, yeah. All right. And now, what, oh, sorry, go ahead. I had to be, like, a hater. No. But I, I, I'm going to look into this catching a rice situation. Sure. But this book that you told me about, <laughs> right? that's the book I want to read. That one, right? Maybe Ooh. one day. Maybe and, one and, day. And probably because it kind of reminds me of myself. This is a book that I can identify. Mm-hmm. Someone going out. Looking, trying to bring oh, somebody yeah. back to safety. Mm, right. I really yeah. just connected to this book just yeah. now. Is that what, what would you? Was it an analogous book that you wrote? Like, was was it a metaphor for slavery, for not, escape from slavery? No, not. You don't really think about the. It's just sort of like, huh? Let's. All right, principle. All right, let's see what happens. You know what I mean? What was the? What was the furthest? What was the Holden Caulfield that you wrote that was the furthest from the famous Holden Caulfield? I wrote a story about. Uh, a guy named Holden Caulfield. He was a um, computer programmer. Mm. Oh, interesting. Into, into, into video games. All right. And uh, he, this might sound weird, but he got sucked into one of his video games. Ooh, interesting. And right. uh, so he had to sort of like play the game inside the game hmm. to survive. When did you write this? Well, I sadly like a year before Tron came out, and then I saw Tron. And I was like, "That's great. That's my so that's uh, unpublished." You know, mm. I mean, it sounds fascinating. I would love to read. Yeah, parallel uh, thinking. J.D. You know? Salinger version of Tron. That sounds incredible. You know, Tron really sort of did it right. Mm. <laughs> did you see the second one, uh, uh, Tron Legacy? It was okay. <laughs> The music was really good. Seems it? to be like what everybody's yeah. uh, opinion was of that. Yeah, love that Daft Punk. Yeah. So Harriet Tubman, um, 
you know, we, we talked a little bit about what your role was for the Union Army, uh, you know, during the, uh, the Civil War. Um, but I read that you are the first woman to have led an armed assault in American history because they actually let you lead a battalion mm-hmm. at one point during the uh, during the Civil War. Yeah, that was that must have been an incredible honor, you know, to be you to be the me. first woman to. I'm not thinking of every challenge. <laughs> I, I just was like, we got to get this done. That's right. Mm-hmm. By any means necessary. That again sounds really ominous. Like you've said all these really suggestive things like, you know, just just to 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 give us the taste of like the awful things that you did to to finish your goals, you know, but you know, I I kind of a little nervous to ask like if you would I don't know, like do you feel comfortable telling us something that you did? We say by any means necessary. Like did you ever, I don't know, what's do something that you're not proud of in order to 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 help end the war, to help end slavery? Did you ever bayonet somebody? Well, here's the thing. Like you already know, I pray before mm-hmm. everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in the moment and I feel like I have to do something like, you know, like cut somebody's to, juggler or sure. or like, you know. Like, Them or you, yeah. You know, like cut somebody's balls off or not. Whoa. You know, God has. Really sends a message. <laughs> God has, God's okay with it mm-hmm. because if I'm in that situation, He wants me to be safe. Yes, of course. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a praying woman. Yeah, Harry Tubman. I like how even even asked directly, you're still being very coy about this. Like you didn't say that you cut someone's balls off or that you cut someone's jugular. You just said that because you prayed to if, God. If that were to happen, it was a sort of thing. Right. Wow. I mean, would you be willing to stay on record if that was something you'd experienced? Or, you know, I don't want to put you on a uh, on the spot here. This isn't hardball. I I just this is what I want to say. Okay. It it was a bad time. Mm-hmm. Bad things were happening to good people. That's mm-hmm. right. And you know some some sometimes I had to do what I people had to do, do things that they don't that they're you not know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Very it's, cagey still. I'm getting yes. the, I'm, I'm getting the message. Yeah. Okay. You know you're not gonna you're not gonna be forthcoming with this information. That's totally it's fine. Like, it's like uh, have you seen Rogue One? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like at the beginning when. Cassie and Andor has to shoot the informant. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! Happy about Spoiler alert yeah, to yeah. everybody out there. I'm sure, uh, by now people have. Have you seen Rogue One? No, mm. but I haven't read. Good. I haven't read Catch on the Rye either, so I, mm. I'm just behind. Harry yeah. Tubman has a lot of catching up to yeah. do. Yeah. Mm. Did you like Rogue I've One? I've never seen the J. Godfather, <laughs> so I mean, there's like stuff out there you need to. You know, did you like Rogue One, JD Salinger? It, it was exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now going back to this uh, <sighs> last 15 minutes. Yeah, that was that was pretty goodness. crazy. Yeah. Uh, going back to Harry Tubman and this um, this assault that you led, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the first woman to ever lead an assault in an American war. Um, you, I read that you freed over seven hundred slaves on that run, on that battle run. Yeah, I, that I was must... killing the game that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not going for the record, but it, it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, that must have been so satisfying. Like, you know, you worked so hard to free all those families of slaves beforehand mm-hmm. in the Underground Railroad. And here, you just do all these, you, you free all these slaves in one in one, in one fell swoop, yeah. almost. That, that must have been really satisfying. Is that a round up or a round down? Or is that the actual number? Ballpark. Well, ballpark. ballpark yeah. yeah, well, I read it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 750. So, oh, I, say, okay. so I say over 700, I think is the safe yeah, thing yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. You know? Gotcha. You know, it would be true if we said over five, but right. it wouldn't be more, That's it wouldn't right. be as, yeah. uh, you know, uh, demonstrative. 
Uh, but yeah, how did that feel? Like to, to accomplish so much, you know, you work so hard. This is like the faucet's been ripped open. Now there's this overflow. Yeah. You know what? Um, I wasn't expecting that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it was, I was in it, I, you know, and you can probably identify with this about being in the zone. Like sure. when you were writing mm-hmm. that book in the yeah. week, when you were in the zone and you're just out there killing the game mm-hmm. and you're like, it, it all just happens so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, often, often when I'm writing and I'm in the moment, yeah. I'll, I'll look back and I'll be like, I, that's a sentence you, that came from me. Yeah. And, and it was great. like, I looked up and it, again, like the driving thing, mm-hmm. you wake up and you're there. I just was like, oh, all these free slaves. Mm-hmm. It, it took my breath away. Yeah. And I was so happy and proud mm-hmm. to be, to, to leave that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I've never had that op, that that uh, experience where I'm driving somewhere and I don't remember driving and I'm there. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I have sat down for meals and then not remember eating it. Mm. I'm just sort of like, wow, eating. that sounds oddly different. It sounds then. like we can all relate to the right. story that you You've just never told. Just sat down to di- you never just sat down to dinner and just sort of like, oh, I'm done. Mm. Or it happens with coffee all the time too. <laughs> oh. I'm always like. Oh, the, where did this coffee go? Mm. These, these experiences are completely it. analogous. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People and, on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are Seminole American author J.D. Salinger and former slave Harriet Tubman. Um, uh, as we were talking about beforehand, uh, you know, you had this uh, incredible moment of freeing the slaves, you know, these, these over 700 slaves at the end of this battle. Um, but as we discussed before, like you were very clear about setting boundaries yes. with the other slaves that you had freed, but this all happened so fast. And with so many, like, were there any, you know, transgressions? Did any of these, uh, people that you freed, like, were they ever too clingy or do they, they, you know, try to try to be your friend or anything like that? Like you weren't able to lay down the law, I'm assuming. Well, you know, um, some of them, you know, a lot of them try to mm-hmm. keep in contact and, they would do, you know, like you said earlier, like nice things for mm. me and like bring me things. But I would usually just be hanging out on my porch, rocking away. Mm-hmm. And if someone came by and brought me something, I would accept it. Okay. You know. Yeah. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like keep it moving. Mm. Like bring me my thing. Thank you. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Have a good mm. day. Not it's a fan good. of the drop in. <laughs> Harry uh, Tubman, uh-uh. yeah. Uh, Me neither. This is a, a little off off uh, topic, but the both of you have sort of interesting, I don't want to say, uh, you know, histories with your name. You know, like J.D. Salinger, your name, your birth name is Jerome David Salinger, but you decided to yes. go with J.D. Right. Any particular reason? Um, I, it just, it, it's, it rolls off the tongue. Mm. JD, I think it looks nice in print. It does look nice in yeah. print to have this. I mean, were there any other authors that had like just initials that you want that you were emulating, or was it more of a was it more of a personal decision? Would you say? Um, I think Herman Melville should have gone by H. Melville. Ooh, interesting. Oh, yeah, that sounds much better. That's right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like yeah. that. Uh, and uh, and Harriet Tubman, you know, you had a nickname Moses right. for all of the slaves that you had brought to salvation, you know, up mm-hmm. to the north. Um, but your birth name, I, I didn't know this, was uh, Araminta, and you decided to change it to Harriet when you around the time that you got married. What was the uh, what was the thinking behind that? You know, sometimes you just want to switch it up. Yeah, mm. it, it it really was no rhyme or reason. You know, I hmm. was just got married. Maybe, maybe, maybe came from a vision. Yep. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I did read that your mother's name was Harriet. Was there any connection there, or was it was it uh, completely unrelated? 
Um, and unrelated. I just <laughs> yeah. Write the name. That's right. Yeah. I mean, did you not like after you you like signed the papers and changed your name? Where did anybody ever say like, oh, like your mom's name, and you were just like, oh, I was like no? Nope. Was there paperwork back then, or do you just sort of like, you know what, start calling me Harriet? I was just like, just start calling me Harriet. Oh, yeah. so you, you never made it official or anything? No. Just people started calling you Harriet yeah. at that point. Oh, okay, that's fair. I feel like there was less paperwork back then. I probably. Think a, yeah. I think, well, uh, it's probably more paperwork than we have now because of computers. Okay, you know? loophole. But right. uh, but I think that maybe like at the height of. You know, paperwork in you know this country. I probably say like I don't know, nineteen forties. No, no, the eighties. Eighties had computers though, so yeah. You know, I figured that the they started had to have started moving away from. We'll say like seventies, eighties. You know, definitely eighties, the height of paperwork. Def, people don't talk about it. Well, yeah. keep in mind that I mm-hmm. can't read or write. Mm. So oh, touchy subject. <laughs> I it was no paperwork. So you it do just, need the audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh now, you know, we we had like kind of an unfinished thread, uh, Harriet Tubman. We were talking about uh your first escape. Um and I completely forgot to ask you about this. Like, you know, your your slave owner dies, you'd prayed for him to die and he dies. Mm-hmm. You know, and then his wife tries to sell you, and that's when you decide, like, that's it, I'm out of here. You know, uh that must have been a really terrifying decision to make, right? You know, um, sometimes you have those days mm-hmm. when enough is fucking enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that woman just was so annoying. You're talking about your your sli- your previous owner's wife. Correct. Yes. So annoying. Mm-hmm. Worse than him. Worse than even him. Well, what, wow. was, what was so annoying about her? What did she do? First of all, her voice. She's always, it was high-pitched and mm-hmm. whiny and, oh, can you get me this? That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, my. Can you imagine that all day? Mm, yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I would want to get away from that, too. Hand me my shoes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I was like, I got to leave. Uh-huh. because Good for you. I, I, and I, I, I made that decision, and I just left mm. you know yeah in the moment fuck this bitch whoa and then i prayed i said god forgive me for using <laughs> the word bitch yeah and mm-hmm. i left oh wow do you have any plan at all you just kind of started walking you know what you gotta live in the moment you, we talked about how i love the adrenaline i was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i'm doing this now this must have been like the first time a drag out tries a drug a drug out tries a drug where you have this relationship to to adrenaline and to like doing exciting things, mm-hmm. and this is the first time. It was my first taste. Yeah. I, 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 have you ever done drugs? No. Yeah, I wouldn't think. <laughs> now, but he uh, brought it up. Yes. <laughs> now, JD Salinger. No, no judgment. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about how you know after your first novel, you decided to sort of like recluse yourself. You know. Uh, was there ever a moment when you enjoyed the spotlight? Was there ever a moment when you were like? enjoying the popularity of your book and the attention, anything like that? You know, I really just enjoy being me. I don't need the love and affection from other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't hard to live by myself, you know, and I had a family and stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know this from hanging out on your porch, sometimes you just Mm -hmm. enjoy your own space. and Yeah. well, we talked the a little money bit of, was good. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that was very freeing to of have course. that kind of capital. Right. Uh, man, if they had Amazon Prime back then, wow. when those royalty checks first started rolling in, mm-hmm. like it would have been... You just would have been on I Amazon Prime. Roombas everywhere, <laughs> you know? 
um, chia pets yeah. all over the place. Roombas and chia pets. Those are the first two expenditures that you imagine sure. you would you would go for. Right. All right, JD Salinger. Uh, what what did you do to like pass the time while you were a recluse? Uh, talk a little bit about what Harry Tubman sure. did during her off time. You know, what was what was your activity? I would do like TV shows in my basement. You would do like your own TV shows, just in your like basement. interviewing myself, like a fake talk show, hmm. or oh. just interviewing like uh, you know invisible people. Wow! I mean, just to keep it interesting, I went through a in- weird cowboy phase in the seventies. <laughs> I was just uh, dressing up like a cowboy around well, why my house. Didn't you, why didn't you just go on to a TV show? You know, like you you were so famous back then, you could have gone on a, t- a talk show if you wanted to. Yeah, but you would I, do your own. You know, too much expectations. It's fun mm. to just do your own thing. Yeah. and then just en- enjoy yourself. And that's mm. and that's that's the whole purpose of art. Mm, yeah, it's, right. It's, it's the the doing the, of yeah, it. Yeah, the doing of it. Once mm. it's done, it's sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be said better than that. Yeah. Uh, now the book Catcher in the Rye. I don't mean to keep harping on it. Uh, You're a obviously, fan. you've read it twice. Obviously, you have. Yeah. Other works that are incredible, but right. you know, it, it's it's it becomes hugely popular, but then not too long afterwards, uh, controversial. You know, people start thinking about it as you know, like it's a dirty book because the main character says "God damn" and thinks about sex and yeah. you know, uh, uh, I, f- I forget the other. Uh, you know, reasons. It's so tame by today's standards. Sure. You know, it seems weird to look back at this as a book that got banned. Right. You know, was this when, people, when your book started getting banned? Overreact. I don't know. I yeah. never understood it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that wasn't your intention to write a controversial book, right? No, not at all. I mean, geez, look at uh, Tropic of Cancer. Ever read that? Oh, I tried. It's filthy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's hard to get through. Mm. Uh, gosh, you know, I love John Waters films, though. <laughs> That guy really does. Have you ever seen anything by John Waters, Pink Flamingos? Mm-hmm. Harry he Tubman, does. there's a lot of material that you need to yeah, check yeah. out. I, it might not be up your alley. You know, you what know I mean? when you are Shock when fest. you are taking the trips that I'm taking in my mind, right? You don't even oh. you know it's, you don't need arts, right? Yeah, literature. I'm, I'm fairly entertained with my own brain. That's hmm. right. All right, that's fair. Um, no, can oh, I sorry, just say yeah. that book? That you gave us the tagline about earlier, the one that I identified. Oh, the principal. the one about the principal. Yeah. I don't know if it's something that you could do to maybe put that out into the world. Hmm. I have a feeling mm-hmm. that it would probably top this rise situation. Hmm. Harriet Tubman is saying, J.D. Salinger, yeah. that the the book that you described to us, one of the one of your other Holden Caulfield adventures that you wrote about the mm-hmm. principal, sure. If you published it today, would be more popular than The Catcher in the Rye. Right. You know, I there's I have a I have a business card at home with uh, my publisher's phone number on it. It's like mm-hmm. a it's a JD Salinger hotline mm-hmm. sort of. I'm the only one who has this phone number. Yeah. So if I call it at any moment, someone will answer it, and I'll just say, "Publish this one." Okay. Boom, and they'll they'll put it out. Are you going to do this, JD Sound? I mean, I'm not going to promise. It's just sort of, uh, it's it's too much in a way. It's All like right. you know what I mean. You know, I think that's completely fair. Yeah, I I I sometimes feel like that guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, Larry David. Yeah. Okay. Like a little crotchety. You don't want to be around people. It's just like there's a whole. It's, it's always a thing. Mm-hmm. There's always yeah, just mm-hmm. too much. All right. Well, uh, you know, not to uh, end on a doubt note here, but yeah. uh, 
but you know, I'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> so your your book, you know, as controversial as it was, yes, uh, it started being associated with uh, shootings. Like people would read your book and then shoot people. Wow. You know, and we already talked about how. You know, I know of the the one guy. There's well, there's more. Though? There was the, there was the guy who shot Ronald Reagan. Yes. There was the guy who shot John Lennon. Oh, that's right. You know, and there was another attempted shooting that I didn't write down, but uh, it third was guy. Wow. yeah. Uh, there might have even been shooters who liked the book, and we don't know, and we don't even know about it. Right. You know, but can you see like what that where that comes from? You know, you know, it's about a teenager who has like thoughts that all teenagers have, mm-hmm. just sort of like general angsty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're all children and we're all pampered. Mm-hmm. Then we become teenagers and it's like, oh, why, why doesn't everybody love everything that I do anymore? Mm. That's really what it comes, that's what it comes I from. I mean, it feels like a stretch but, to me, but I mean, I've never, I've read the book yeah. twice and didn't have any desire to I, shoot anybody. Adults shouldn't be looking at this book about an angsty teenager yeah. and picking up a, a gun. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think people that, are, you know, but this is, you know, you, you put something out there and people are going to, you never have any control of what people are going to do. Yeah. Uh, well, that is all the time that we have uh, for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my guests, Harriet Tubman. Yeah. And uh, J.D. Salinger. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in the studio it was today. more fun than I expected today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have one final question for you guys. I know it's a little bit weird, but I'd like to end every show by asking my guests if they have any comedy shows or Twitter handles they want to plug that they, they're big fans of. of. friends? J.D. Salinger, yeah. Is there any Twitter handles that you enjoy or anything like that? Well, there's this guy, Sean Wickens, who's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. He's on Twitter, at Schwickens. Okay. And I, I've heard he's even put out a book recently that you can find on Amazon. Hmm. What? What's the name of the book? Tolerable Conspiracies. Tolerable Conspiracies. All right, it's, check it's that sort of out. the optimistic, real re- truth behind some of your favorite conspiracy hmm. theories. And uh, Harriet Tubman, anything you want to put out there? Um, it is this lovely, funny girl that I follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you can add her at Shakotha. Mm-hmm. S H A C O T T H A. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's, you got to. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeopleshow at gmail.com. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous.